Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. And welcome to episode 21. I really hope you all had a fantastic weekend. I sure did. I went to the beach like I said I was going to do, and me and my family spent about five hours at the beach. And I have a one-year-old son. To spend more than 30 minutes anywhere is tough. But it turns out that my son really enjoys the beach. My daughter had a blast, too. She's four years old. And we straight chilled on the beach for about five hours on Saturday. I hope you guys had a great weekend as well. I hope you spent time with your family, with your friends. It's time to get back to the fantasy football grind. On episode 21, I will be talking about the NFC North. So the NFC North has been dominated as of, as of late by the Green Bay Packers. Will this trend continue or will it change? Will there be a new number one in the NFC North? Well, let's start right there. Let's start with the Green Bay Packers. The Packers last year were 13-4. and four. Their projected win total this year for their over and under, according to Caesar Sportsbook, is at 11 wins. So that means they must win 12 games in order for you to win your bet if you bet the over. So obviously they won the division in 21. They don't have their key cog of the offense, which is Devontae Adams. That is huge loss for the Green Bay Packers. They did, however, do some really good research and drafting this year, according to a lot of the experts that kind of broke down the draft. They got defenders, right? I understand Rodgers didn't get the weapons in which that he always wants, and he cried about it again, and blah, 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 blah. But he actually didn't really say much this time as, as he had previously. But they made really good picks on the defensive end. They took two Georgia Bulldogs and Walker and White, and I think those are great picks. They also drafted Christian Watson on offense. There is a weapon for Aaron Rodgers. I will talk more about the individual players once I get down to a fantasy point. This right now is just the over and under. So the offense is going to be different this year. No more Devontae Adams. So that means Rodgers is going to have to spread the ball around more. That also means that I am predicting, I have no written proof, I have no insider information, but I could see the Green Bay Packers really relying more on the ground game. Does that mean they're going to run 90% of the time? No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is you're going to probably see more A.J. Dillon pounding the football than you have that you saw last year. There are many key contributors that are returning back to this defense that were on the defense last year. So let's take a look at what that defense looked like last year. They were 13th in points against last year. They were 10th in passing yards against last year, 11th in rushing yards against last year. And this is when it gets a little, ugh. they were 23rd on third downs um, conversion, meaning that the offense Percentage to get a first down on third down, they ranked 23rd worst. That's bad. Red zone percentage, which I always like to look at as well, they ranked 28th percent. Okay, so if a team got in the red zone last year, more often than not, they found the end zone. However, with all that being said, those key contributors that are returning on defense and then the draft picks in which they made um, with the two Georgia boys coming to, to Green Bay, I really think that this Packers team is still the team to be in the NFC North. 
in addition to what I just mentioned, they don't play any real good quarterbacks in 2022. Now, there obviously are a few, but for the most part, these are the quarterbacks that they're going to be playing. They're going to be playing Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, Tua Tagovailoa, Mac Jones, Carson Wentz, Justin Fields, Jared Goff twice, Jalen Hurts. So what I mean by that is this pass defense, which ranked pretty low last year, is going to get a little bit of a break this year because they're not going to see the quarterbacks in which they saw last year. Now they're going to see a few of them. There's still some familiar faces, but for the most part, their quarterbacks they're facing are not top-notch quarterbacks. With all that being said, I don't think it's going to be very hard for the Green Bay Packers to win 11 games next year. Why do I say that? Well, they have a two-headed monster at running back. Okay. A.J. Dillon is a beast. I loved him at Boston College. I knew he was going to be a good running back in the NFL. He just has that type of, I'm going to run you over mindset. They also have Aaron Jones. Okay, Aaron Jones is going to dominate in the passing game this year. Okay, I'm pretty confident that the Green Bay Packers, Okay, you can draft as many of the wide receivers that you want. Okay, You can get Lazard, you can get Watson, you can get Watkins, you can get whoever you want. However, I am confident, not in those guys, but I'm confident in Aaron Jones in PPR leagues. And I'm going to get there when I get to the fantasy point. But he is half of that running back 1A, 1B. Aaron Jones being 1A, A.J. Dillon currently being 1B. Goal line, though, is going to go to A.J. Dillon. Going to get there when I get to the fantasy. So with all of that being said, I have left out the main point of why they're going to go over 11. Aaron Rodgers. You could say whatever you want about him. He's a nutbag. He's a flat earth guy. He's, I don't know, doesn't shower, doesn't bathe. I don't care what you say about him. The guy simply is fantastic. Reigning MVP, I just don't see how this team doesn't get over 11 wins. With the Jets and teams like the Giants and the Dolphins and the Commanders all on their schedule. Bears, right? So I think... Here, the play for the Green Bay Packers is over 11. Now, let's get to fantasy implications. This is why many of you people are here. Fantasy, fantasy, fantasy. Aaron Jones. Okay, he's the first one on the docket here. Aaron Jones, ADP is currently 21. This is PPR now, uh, full point PPR. And running back 13. In my rankings, I currently, again, these are forever changing until kickoff of week one. I currently have him ranked at number 11. But I'm really considering just moving him up from even 11. I honestly, like I mentioned earlier, think that he is going to get a ton of work in the passing game. I can see them running a lot of two running back personnels where they're going to have Dylan in the backfield and AJ and, and uh, Aaron Jones in the slot or even starting the backfield, motioning out into the slot, motioning out wide. I really think Green Bay Packers are confident in Aaron Jones' receiving ability. However, with all that being said, Okay. Without Adams, it's going to look different. It's going to feel different. It's going to be different for Aaron Rodgers. But without Adams in the lineup, Aaron Jones averages five catches a game. That's not targets, that's catches. And that's throughout his career. Five catches a game. Now they have all offseason this time to game plan and prepare for um, Aaron Jones to be really involved in the passing game. So I think the game plan is going to revolve around the run. It's going to revolve around Rodgers throwing to Aaron Jones. 
Okay, so I really, really like Aaron Jones this year in terms of fantasy implications. PPR, that is. Okay, AJ Dillon obviously is a cause of concern, right? Early, some early down work, some goal line work. I understand that. But give me currently, give me Aaron Jones over guys like Chubb, Javante Williams, and, and Akers, right? Give me Aaron Jones in that PPR passing, passing uh, running back role, okay, over the guys that I had just mentioned. We know what he can do, okay? And if the Packers hit the over like I'm saying they're going to hit the over, right? So if you're riding the over of 11, Aaron Jones has to be heavily involved in that offense. Number two on the fantasy docket is the second running back in that committee. That is A.J. Dillon, currently at ADP 59 and running back 25. In my rankings, currently sits at 26, so right about on consensus rankings. In 2021, 187 rushing attempts, 803 rushing yards, and finished as RB29 okay, in fantasy points per game last year. He isn't a home run threat. That's not what A.J. Dillon does. He's not going to break one off for 80 yards, 85 yards. He's not that type of runner. He's a type of runner that is going to wear your defense down. Okay, And if we know anything in the NFL, wearing the defense down is extremely important because this defense the defenses that we're seeing now in the NFL are big and they're fast, right? Big and fast. And the way to break this def these defenses that in the NFL is to wear them down, get them tired, take away what they do well, and that's speed. So I think AJ Dillon is a great real-life running back this year. Do what, Would I mind having him on my fantasy team in a bench spot? Absolutely not. I do not want to rely on him as my running back two or one, obviously. I wouldn't, wouldn't mind having him on the bench. Why? Because think about if Aaron Jones goes down, right? They're going to really rely on A.J. Dillon okay, to carry the load in Green Bay. I may stay away from AJ Dillon, like I said, but if my if I can grab him for a bench spot and I'm comfortable with my receivers and my running backs at that point, because I'm waiting on my quarterback most likely, and I'm comfortable with running back and receiver, I probably could take a chance here on AJ Dillon. He's a beast. He's a monster. AJ, AJ uh, Aaron Jones goes down. AJ Dillon will be that dude in fantasy football. Next on the docket, Christian Watson. Wide receiver, uh, ADP 130, and wide receiver 55. I have him ranked higher. I have him ranked at 41, and this is why, okay? Every fantasy expert, okay, has, comes out with their rankings, okay? And I'm going to be bluntly honest with you guys, right? I like my receivers, especially if they're going to be a bench guy for me because I don't want to start Christian Watson. I'll tell you that right now. He will not start for me week one of fantasy football. But what I do want is him on my bench. Why? Upside, okay? Who is going to be wide receiver two? Because I'm telling you right now, Aaron Jones probably is going to be wide receiver one at running back position, that is. But who's going to be that wide receiver in which gets peppered at times from Aaron Rodgers? Could it be Christian Watson? Absolutely it can. So his upside for me is nice. Okay, again, I don't want to start him week one, and neither should you, but you should want to have him on your bench because there's a void now that's left, target void. Adams is gone, MVS is gone, and I know that this passing game is going to be more of a committee, but Watson, you know, if you're feeling risky, is worth a shot here at a bench spot. Okay? So other guys that I like, like like, like I just mentioned, like I like Watson as terms of, uh, you know, let's just take a shot and see what happens of the wide receivers on Green Bay. Okay, it's Watkins and that's Randall Cobb. 
But the next guy on my list is Adam Lazard. ADP 114 and wide receiver 47. I have him ranked at wide receiver 31. Take whatever I just said about Watson, okay, and the possibility of upside, copy and paste that to Adam Lazard, but then underneath that, put a star saying that he currently already has chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. I think that's why I have him ranked above Christian Watson because they're both, we don't know. We don't know who that wide receiver is going to be in Green Bay. And if you talk to somebody, say, oh, I know it's going to be there. They don't. They don't have an idea. We won't know until training camp. We're a couple weeks out from training camp. We won't know. Even then we may not know. But I'm willing to take a shot. Okay, on Adam Lazard, who has the chemistry with Aaron Rodgers for that upside. Again, I don't want to start him week one because I want to see what happens in Green Bay before I take a shot at one of those wide receivers. Next up is the man, Aaron Rodgers, currently ADP 89, QB 12. I have him ranked just around there. I have him ranked currently at number 11. Devontae Adams is going to hurt. Losing Devontae Adams is going to hurt Aaron Rodgers. There's no if, ands, or buts about that. And like I said, I think the Packers take on more of a run-style offense. Does that mean, I, again, this doesn't mean they're going to run constantly. Aaron Rodgers is still going to be that dude, R-E-L-A-X. However, I think this year he's going to be still very good in real life, but not as good as he has in previous years in terms of fantasy. Again, why do I think that? I just think losing Devontae Adams hurts him greatly. Real life, absolutely Aaron Rodgers. In fantasy, I'd rather wait even later if I can. If he drops and I can get him super late, absolutely. But I'd rather wait later and take another sleeping type sleeper type quarterback, such as a Jameis Winston or a Carr, for example. So where do I have Green Bay Packers finishing in this division? I'm going Green Bay Packers will once again reign supreme in the NFC North. Folks, there is no such thing as a fantasy offseason, only the pre-draft season. And here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our expert analysis are churning out important lessons learned and draft analysis on incoming rookies so you can get a jump on your prep and will have incredible free agency and a summer league coverage as well. But only if you're part of our premium member team. Head to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today. Seriously, just cook yourself one extra lunch per month because this deal is only $5.99. I'll see you there. After the Green Bay Packers, we're going to see a little bit of a dip. Now, I don't think it's going to be a big dip, but I do think it's going to be a little bit of dip in terms of wins. I think the second team in the NFC North this year, at the end of the year, is going to be the Minnesota Vikings. 2021, they finished with a record of 8-9 and nine and missed the playoffs. Caesars currently has them at 9 wins for their over-under. New head coach Kevin O'Connor comes, O'Connell comes from the L.A. Rams. I'm not going to, I've been saying it since they first got him. Justin Jefferson first got Kevin O'Connell. Justin Jefferson in this offense is going to be deadly. And I think Kevin O'Connell 
is going to change the way the Minnesota Vikings look on offense in a good way. I think this offense certainly takes a step forward in 2022. On the defensive side of the ball, they scooped up Zadarius Smith from that Green Bay Packers I was just talking about. They drafted two guys to boost their secondary because they were horrendous defensively last year. They ranked 24th in points against, 28th in passing yards against, 26th in rushing yards against. Just awful. However, I really like this offense. I really like what this offense can be. How many times have you watched a Minnesota game and could call the plays for them? Cook, run, cook, run, play action. Cook, run, cook, run, play action. It was ridiculous. I remember on the phone with my buddies when we were wagering on the Minnesota Vikings, just knowing exactly the outcome of the game. They'll blow it somehow at the end because they'll try to go for it on fourth down and they're going to run it 199% of the time. But this year, I trust this offense. Cook needs to stay healthy for them to reach the over. Justin Jefferson will be a beast this year. But this nine number scares me. It is a scary number because it can go literally either way. I think Vegas nailed this number of nine. But with that being said, with the new additions to the added to their defense, with the new play caller on offense, I really think the Minnesota Vikings can go over nine here. So I will take the over on the Minnesota Vikings. Let's get to some fantasy football info. Justin Jefferson, ADP, six wide receiver, two full point PPR. For me, nope, wide receiver, one. Why is that, you ask? The new coach is going to come up with an unbelievable passing game plan this year for the Minnesota Vikings. And that offense is going to run through Justin Jefferson. Of course, Cook is going to be good. I'm going to get to him in a second. But I think this offense is going to be lethal if Justin Jefferson is Justin Jefferson. And he showed no signs of slowing down. I am very high on Justin Jefferson to the point where I'm ready to take him at pick number five this year once my tier one running backs are gone. So Justin Jefferson, take Justin Jefferson. Dalvin Cook, ADP, eight running back, six. For me, I have him at running back seven, which is about consensus ranking. But with Cook, what scares me is there's always the injury concern. Okay, you can say there's an injury concern about everybody. I do understand that, but it seems like Cook can't finish a season. But with the word that came out of Minnesota, even from Cook's mouth, Cook's mouth that said he is going to be more involved in the passing game, I am drooling over that. Think of Dalvin Cook in space. Isn't this what we've been asking for for the Minnesota Vikings for years? Get Dalvin Cook in space. The guy is explosive. He's unbelievable in space. He's just a great all-around back, but he's really good in space. Now, all that to say is I won't be mad if I don't get Cooks, but I will be thrilled if I can land him somewhere at the back end of round one. In some of the mocks that I've been doing, he has been reaching the end of round one because a lot of people are taking you know, uh, receivers there in the middle, and I'm okay with that too. So if I pull, let's just say, pick eight, nine, something like that, Okay, I am okay for sure taking Dalvin Cook there. There's no, no doubt about it. Do I love Dalvin Cook this year? 
I do if he can stay healthy. Big question mark there because you are taking him in the first round. You're going to have to. Next on the list is Adam Thielen, ADP 71, and currently in PPR 28, which to me kind of shocked me at PPR 28 because earlier um, in the offseason, he was like 38. He jumped up about 10 spots over the past couple of months, and I don't really like him there. I think I think the 30s was was good enough, was high enough. Um, I do think if he can stay healthy, he's fantastic, but he's an older player now. He's one of the older position players in the league. But I don't want him at 28, okay, at wide receiver 28. I just think there's better value there that you can get. Um, if he drops further than that, absolutely, because he's a very good player. He's a veteran player, and, you know, when he's healthy, he's very good. But again, I'm very surprised at 28. Kirk Cousins, ADP 117, QB 15. Again, he's not a bad QB sleeper because if all we're hearing is that they're going to be passing more this year, Kirk Cousins is a very good quarterback, right? He has flashed as an exceptional quarterback. But was that because teams were expecting to run or was that because he's just a talented guy? At QB 15, obviously you can wait till the end of your draft to take him. But if I'm taking him, I'm going to want to take another quarterback as well, just in case it doesn't work out. I want to take a higher upside quarterback. And that's like a Jameis Winston for me. I'm going to continue to say that name. So if I have both those guys on my team in the beginning of the year, I'm playing matchups. If I have Justin Jefferson on my team, I would want to have a stack with Kirk Cousins because Justin Jefferson explodes the way that I'm predicting predicting him to explode. That means Cousins is going to have a decent year. Stack those two if you can. And if you have a quarterback that you want that's higher than Cousins, that's fine. But there's always that bench spot where you can put Cousins just in case. If you have Jefferson, just in case Cousins starts to play really well with Jefferson again, he could be a guy you can plug and play as a stack. Some honorable mentions here for terms of fantasy football. You know, you got Irv Smith Jr., the tight end. That guy was supposed to be very good last year. If you remember, a lot of people were talking about him as his coming out party, but he was injured before the year started, so he hadn't played one down. People have seemed to forgot about him. Am I saying that he's going to be a top-tier tight end? Absolutely not. But I think he'll be a good plug-and-play type guy for the Minnesota Vikings, especially if a guy like Thielen goes down, more targets. And then, of course, another honorable mention is K.J. Osborne. K.J. Osborne, which is actually on the depth chart as wide receiver two for the Minnesota Vikings, could be a steal. Nobody's talking about K.J. Osborne. He had a decent season last year, and you don't have to spend much draft capital on K.J. Osborne. He could be a really good target for you late in the drafts. Where do the Minnesota Vikings finish in the NFC North? A little recap. They're going to go over their win total of nine. And I think they finished second in the NFC North this year. Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings, and then who is it going to be? Is it going to be the Chicago Bears or the Detroit Lions? Who's going to finish third in this division this year? I'm going to say, the Detroit Lions finish third in the division this year. You're crazy. What do you mean, JP? How is it going to finish third? They were 3-13 and 13 last year at one time. Detroit Lions, in my opinion, have a very good offense. Their defense 
was the issue last year. They went out and they had the number one pick and got Aiden Hutchinson. They allowed the second most points in the entire NFL in 2021. Offensively, the Lions added Jamison Williams, one of the nation's top wide receivers out of Alabama. Now, of course, we know he had an ACL tear, so his status for the entire season of 2022 is entirely unknown. With that being said, C.J. Chark signed with the Detroit Lions. I think he's a very good, underrated wide receiver. Him and Amon St. Brown can make a very good combination with Hawk, tight end Hawkinson. I think those three guys are very good and team them up with one of my favorite running backs this year in terms of value, Swift. Of course, I understand Jared Goff. However, Jared Goff has been to the Super Bowl. It's not that he can't win. Before you get your panties in a bunch, let me continue. Defensive stats in 2021, they gave up again, the second most points against, and I'm leaving it at that. They were not good. But I truly think this is a gut, I'm telling you, this is a gut pick for the most part. I gave you my reasons of that offense. I like the offense this year. And I think they win over six games. That is their over-under. It's six games. I think Swift takes a huge step forward this year. I think Goff plays well enough to move that offense along with Swift. And I think the addition of Hutchinson, who is an absolute menace on a defensive line, can change the dynamic of that defense. He brings a different attitude. He'll speed up the offenses. Pass rush changes everything. Am I saying they're going to make the playoffs? No. Am I saying they're winning the division? No, but I'm saying they're going to get seven wins this year. Some of these possible wins can come against teams like the Bears, Panthers, Giants, Jets, Seahawks, Jaguars, and the Commanders. You're going to tell me that they don't stand a chance against those teams? That's six wins right there, winnable wins, right? Every team has those wins where they sneak a win out against a good team. These are the six teams that I think they have a legitimate chance of beating. They play the Jaguars at home, the Seahawks at home, and the Commanders at home. I think they could legitimately win those three games. I don't know. Call, call me nuts, call me crazy, but just give me the over six here on the Detroit Lions. Now, let's get to some fantasy implications with the Detroit Lions. Okay. Swift. Okay, DeAndre Swift is that dude this year. I think DeAndre Swift is going to finish in the top six running backs this year. PPR, that is. He was on a roll before his injury. He's a monster in the passing game. Jared Goff likes to check it down. I love DeAndre Swift this year. I would love to get DeAndre Swift on the comeback around in round two. Okay, I can take either receiver or let's just say a Dalvin Cook at the end of or Mixon at the end of round one. And on the way back, give me DeAndre Swift. I'm telling you, this is his year. Health concerns behind him. DeAndre Swift, this could be his breakout season. Next on the list, of course, is Jared Goff. Jared Goff, to me, 
is not a guy you want on fantasy for obvious reasons. Okay. But in real life, I don't think he's as bad as people want to say that he is. Okay. And what do I mean by that is I just think he can win ball games. And if Swift's as good as we think he's going to be, or as I'm sorry, as I think he's going to be, he's not going to have to put the team on his back. That's going to be Swift's job. He has weapons, Goff. He's got Swift, Chark, Amon St. Brown, and Hawk, and possibly Jamison Williams. Those are some serious weapons that Jared Goff has at his disposal. Do I want him in fantasy? No. Do I think he helps the over? He could. Do I think he hurts the over? I hope not. <laughs> He's that type of quarterback. And then, of course, we got Amon St. Brown. Amon St. Brown, I'm actually a little bit lower on than... Um, consensus rankings. I have him about five to six spots below consensus rankings. And that's because, you know, do I think he's going to have a bad year? I don't. I love Amon St. Brown. I had him last year on my team. He's got extreme upside. However, the Jamison Williams factor, the unknown of Jamison Williams could hurt St. Brown. Because if Jamison Williams plays, he's going to demand some targets too. And that takes away from the monster target share that St. Brown had last year. He's going to have to feed more mouths is basically what I'm saying. Do I think he's a good wide receiver three, two on your team? Yeah, why not? I'll say wide receiver three. I would want him as my wide receiver three, if anything. And then we have Hawkinson, okay? I currently, let me bring up my rankings real quick, have Hawk as my tight end seven, so right at consensus rankings. 2020 at 101 targets. Um. In 2020, he had 101 targets. 2021, he had 83 targets in just 12 games. He was a target machine. Again, that may change a little bit now with the new weapons in town. With Swift being back. So seven is about where I would want to take Hawk. Now, if you've listened to my podcast before, you know I'm waiting on my tight end. Unless I get Kelsey, Andrews, one of those two. If not, I'm waiting on my tight end and I'm going to get Cole Komet. That's it. I think he could have the 101 targets in which Hawkinson had in 2020 this year on the Bears. There's nobody on the Bears besides Mooney, and we're going to talk about them in a second. And then, of course, Chark, right? I mentioned him earlier. I think he is one of the honorable mention fantasy guys. He's not a guy that I'm going to probably start ever unless I have a bye week and I am depleted at wide receiver or Amon St. Brown goes down. Injury, of course, it happens, but I'm not going to bank on it. But back to the over-under. I think the Detroit Lions go over six and finish third in the NFC North. And finally, finishing after the Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings, and the Detroit Lions, I'm going to say the Chicago Bears finished fourth in the NFC North. If you listen to my show last week, Ren, a writer here for SportsEthos.com, is a huge Bears fan, and I have to apologize in advance, Ren, but I just don't think the Bears get the seven wins this year. Last year, in 2021, they went 6-11. and 11. They hired a new head coach and defensive head coach in Matt Eberflus, Khalil Mack is gone. Allen Robinson is gone. Gibson is gone. Goldman is gone. 
Danny Trevathan is gone. Tyree Cohen obviously didn't play that at all last year, but he's also gone. And Justin Fields steps in at quarterback. Do I think Justin Fields takes a step forward in terms of his uh, quarterback ability? Absolutely, I do. I think Justin Fields plays well enough to keep the job in Chicago. But the wide receiver room and the weapons are an issue. Defense of Lee, the Chicago Bears, are not the old Chicago Bears, right? When I think of Chicago Bears, I think of just gritty, hard-nosed defense. Snow, tough, windy. But in 2021, they ranked 22nd in points against, 3rd in passing yards against, which is good, 23rd in rushing yards against, which is not good, and 11th on 3rd down conversions. They were not terrible, but they lost Khalil Mack, and this was one of the harder over-unders for me to predict. I honestly like the Bears. I like, I like rooting for the Bears. There's nothing to hate about the Chicago Bears in my book. But they have a ton of holes, man. They have a ton, a ton of holes. Again, I believe Fields takes a step forward, but I'm just not sure how they can get to seven wins this year. Give me the under six and a half for the Bears. Now, let's get to some fantasy news out of the Bears. So Fields, ADP 131, QB 17. I currently have him at rank QB 15. So right around consensus ranking. His rushing ability is awesome. His red zone rushing ability is even better. I just think, unfortunately for Fields, he lacks the skill player or players around him, and that's going to be an issue. Is he worth a draft and stash? Sure. Sure. He's a very talented athletic young quarterback who could figure it out, but I think he needs one more weapon or two. One of his weapons, Darrell Mooney, is currently at ADP 62 and wide receiver 24. I currently have Mooney at wide receiver 22. I love Mooney this year for the point that I mentioned earlier. There's nobody in Chicago. Mooney is that dude. He is going to get a very large target share this year in Chicago. He already has chemistry with Fields. He's worked with him all offseason. He's lived at his house for a few months. And if field, Fields, like I'm saying, is taking a step in the right direction, he's going to need Mooney. He's going to need Mooney to have a very good season. No competition for targets. Give me Mooney all day long. Cole Komet, ADP 127, tight end 13. I have him at tight end 10. I love Cole Komet just because of where he's going and just because there's nobody else. Him and Mooney are it. He's going to get his fair share targets. Think about the red zone targets that Cole Komet can also get. He's a monster of a human. If you haven't seen him, take a look at him. He's a big, physical, athletic tight end, and I really think he is on my board as one of my top sleepers this year and a guy that I want to have a lot of shares in terms of fantasy football shares this year. I think he's going to have a fantastic year for the Bears. And last but not least in terms of fantasy football, David Montgomery. I like David Montgomery. I don't see why people should hate on David Montgomery. He's a very consistent player. I currently have him at ranked drivers running back 17. I think he's a very good running back, too, if you decide to wait on your running backs. Again, every uh, every fantasy football 
specialist has a way that they do their rankings. Okay. And in my mindset, I know I'm taking running backs early. So I probably won't have any shares of David Montgomery this year. But if I go like Justin Jefferson in the first round, which I may, which I want to, if I have picked five, something like that, or later, then I'll probably end up with David Montgomery as my two. And I'll be okay with that. He's as steady as they come. Okay, you really know what you're going to get from him, and you're going to be happy with what you get from him. But don't expect him to blow the roof off the place because that's not the type of fantasy football player that he is. But he's consistent. And sometimes that's all you may need out of your running back too, especially if you have guys with humongous high ceilings on your team with low floors, you're going to want to have a guy on your team that can level off those weeks that those players hit their low floors, if that makes any sense. A consistent player to lift those bad weeks up from those high ceiling, low floor players. So I love David Montgomery this year. I have no qualms about him. I think he's going to have a good year. He does almost every year. He's a consistent, consistent running back in the NFL. Just to recap this episode, I have, in order of finishing the NFC North, Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings, Detroit Lions, and the Chicago Bears. I have all three, Green Bay, Minnesota, Detroit, hitting their overs for the team, for team wins. But I have the Chicago Bears hitting an under of six and a half this year. I know that might not be a popular pick, especially Detroit going over and Chicago going under. I just don't think they have the weapons in Chicago, and I think they have the weapons in Detroit to be a different type of team this year. Um, I like Detroit, not so much Chicago. As always, if you have not yet followed me on Twitter, like this podcast, comment, subscribe, do everything you can because it really helps me. And the more you help me, the more I can help you. So I, again, am looking forward to continuing this journey all the way through training camp into the regular season where then we'll really, really get going with daily fantasy sports. We'll do a show once a week, probably either Friday or Saturday, and we'll talk daily fantasy football. But until then, it's all redraft here on this podcast as well as uh, prop wagering bets before the season starts. As always, you guys have a fantastic work week. I'll see you again. I'm aiming for Wednesday and Friday shows, if not either a Wednesday or a Friday show, but I will be back again this week where we will do the NFC East. Peace, love, and fantasy football. We'll